All right, Sulis, we've uh, been missing for a while. Our last episode was an absolute heater, so we're trying to come back with uh, one for football season. We have a football preview coming up. It's tough to come back uh, from Mike Commodore. Uh, this is Lonzo here, your conversation coordinator. We're back to school. Tyler, you're here. You're not back to school and as a student aspect. Maybe touch on what you've been up to. Yeah, no, I'm not uh, sitting in classrooms, but I am, I'm, I'm teaching students and uh, having a good time doing it, but I, I'm really Really happy to be talking to our Sulis again. The weather's getting colder. Football is in the air. I oh, it feels so good walking outside every evening, every morning. It's about seventy degrees, brisk. Mm. All right, Fuchs, how are you doing? Well, I will say I don't know how many Sulis out there have had a conversation with Mike Commodore, but it takes a while to recover from something like that. It really is a hangover that you you can't really imagine. So we had it's to the take best a, drug on the planet. We had to take a little bit of time off from talking to Kami and uh, get acclimated to the new school year. Like Sam said, we're living in classrooms on campus, studying our butts off. And but uh, we're back, uh, hand up. Not a football guy, but I tried my best. So everybody, bear with me when we talk to Tom Miller and potentially another guest that we might have on that Sam will introduce here. Uh, but it's good to be back. Definitely good to be back. Um, for sure, the campus is buzzing right now, and uh, like you said, we flew a little too close to the sun with Mike Commodore there. I mean, that's the closest we got to being A-list celebrities on the podcast scene, talking to Mike Commodore. Uh, flying too close to the sun, that's the closest I've gotten to living that reference in real life. I and Tyler, you drank with the man, so I can't even imagine. I got a nice tan, man. I, I would do it <laughs> all over again. I wish that he would come back to, like, he's going to come back to Grand Forks one of these weekends. And it's going to be a hell of a time. I can tell you that for free. We're going to have to say a prayer if we run into him in Nashville. <laughs> Just do the cross on our chest and hope for the best. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we're back on campus now, like we said. And the biggest campus news that has occurred uh, since no sports have been played, actually women's soccer, there's been some uh, sports that have been played. Uh, we're not really going to touch on it because we're not educated, but uh, we do support all of UND Athletics. Um, uh, however, the biggest news has been the Mike Cox statue. Rest in peace, right? R.I.P. I think little little bit of background for those who don't know. Mike Hawk is the student name for the Fighting Hawk statue outside mm -hmm. the Union. That uh, did he even make it twenty four hours? It was about four days, I believe, uh, before he was vandalized I heard with the dildo. A dildo, yeah, yep. And uh, yeah, I heard uh, there was a representative from the university cited uh, vandalism concerns. Uh, they're going to find a safer place for him. I don't uh, know if you could consider vandalism. It was just somebody at a squeegee. Well, people may have taken male it. genitalia. People could that. have taken it to a higher extent. Um, uh, people on social media have begged us to give our opinion on this take. I personally uh, would have liked to have seen the university accept the vandalism, similar to like the University of Tennessee, the rock, the rock. they have on that I campus. I would have loved that, yeah. And just let people go at it, repaint it, put layers of paint on it, and uh, you know, people are not going to obviously embrace it. Uh, still fighting Sioux territory here, uh, but uh, they're going to find a safer place for Mike Cock, and uh, so he's not dead. But it, Where's it's, he it's going? he's at an undisclosed know? location. Un he's undisclosed location. Yeah. Probably he's probably cuddled up. Program. Probably cuddled up next to the nickel trophy somewhere in the bowels of uh, the old Memorial Union. So I I don't know. I thought you were going to say Memorial Stadium. Like neither the old Memorial Stadium or the Memorial, Memorial Union even there anymore. So. Memor <laughs> Memorial Stadium is what I meant. Like to say. honestly, what what did the university expect? Like they should have left it up for like another week and a half, and nobody would have done anything to it anymore. Like they literally yeah. took it down. Like you, what did you expect? Yeah. The, are, jo the joke had already been played. The dildo has been placed. The, the barstool UND post had been posted. Uh, nothing much more 
damaging could have been done. And, and yes, it was funny, but like no one probably would have tried to one up it that would have been anywhere close to not being a criminal. I would have loved to see like every like Sam said the rock at University of Tennessee. I mean, they painted like every week for like whatever opponent they're playing in town. Like you yep. get hockey games every week and you paint it and you vandalize it. Who cares? It's a statue. It's already made. Where are you going to put it? So I would have loved to see that. I think the the funniest thing, the, the hardest laugh I've had in a long time was was President Armacost. Great guy. Super nice guy, right? Yeah, we like Andy I, like, I love yeah. Andy. My Great president. Guy. But he posted something on Twitter that made me laugh so much. And it said, like, I can't remember what it said, but it was a picture of that, that uh, Mike Hawk. And everybody in the mentions was Mike Hawk's on campus, Mike Hawk's on campus. So that was hilarious. Well, the other thing you got to tell me is they need to choose one for the mascot. Either it has wings or it has hands. It can't have both. Well, if it's a mascot in a costume, it has hands. But, but it's, it's a, a statue. statue then it has make, wings. It a, make it like a badass bird, like Hawk, like it they just it looked like a it looked like a cartoon character from like Looney Tunes. I would really like to see Andy double down here and get an even bigger statue. I would love to see him double down and get something bigger and like put it right I want an Andy Armacost statue in that oh, spot. Andy's a great guy. Yeah. I've really been trying to find the guy who initially came up with the Mike Hawk nickname on Twitter. I'm trying to give our references here so we're not uh, have any violations yeah. so we can't take credit Michael for the Hawk. Mike Hawk. Michael Hawk. No, C&D. Yeah, we can't take credit for the Mike Hawk nickname which was genius, you know, right in front of us. We knew that was going to be the name. Mm-hmm. But that that's enough talk on that. Rest in peace. He's done. He's probably going to be put up in some uh, glass enclosure. He'll be he'll be inside union. the union within the next couple months guaranteed. Yeah, without a doubt. But uh, let's move on to hockey news before we talk to Tom and potentially Brady Leach, also tentative, uh, very tentative. But uh, let's get on to hockey news. Jasper Weatherby, uh, captain, was supposed to be a captain for this upcoming season. The San Jose Sharks uh, were really biting at his heels and got him to sign a professional contract. Uh, So he's being replaced with Dane Montgomery, Grand Forks native. This one hurts. Uh, I thought Weatherby could have been a Hobie candidate this season. Uh, he definitely was scoring a lot of goals last year. He's who we look to in big moments to score and a big face-off guy. Uh, I don't care how good Montgomery is. Uh, definitely it's he's not going to replace Jasper, so it's going to have to be a replacement by commission here. Uh, it, it hurts, but I think we can move on. We're, we have a depth team, the transfers we've taken in. Uh, we're still going to have the veteran leadership. But it hurts. I just want to know what your guys' thoughts are on the situation. And I, I don't think we've really seen something like this, someone departing the team uh, a month before the season ever. I mean, everybody's not happy about it. Fans, uh, players, everybody, coaches, everybody's not super happy about it. But that's just not how UND is, though. You, he played a really good second half of last year, right? Uh-huh. He, he That's about the best hockey he's played. You saw him, we saw him his freshman year, his sophomore year, and that was his junior year where he had a really good second half. And now he goes and signs an NHL contract, what, a month before the season starts? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's kind of low. He's been practicing with the guys all summer. I, I'm not super happy about it. I yeah. really am not. We're I, really going to drag a guy for signing an NHL yeah. contract? No, I'm not, I'm not, drag- bag. I'm yeah, not, I'm not dragging him for signing an NHL contract. Getting a nice signing bonus, I'm sure. Come on. Like, I'm yeah, not dragging yeah. him for, for signing an NHL contract. I'm dragging him. He made a commitment to come back this year. 
He made a commitment yeah, to come back this year, he, and he went back on he, his commitment. He did. Let's not get outrageous. I think the official Sue Light stance, Connor, I can uh, maybe hand the baton over to you after I make this brief statement, is that we're pro Jasper Weatherby. Oh, but I, I am going to say this before I hand it over to Connor. If he doesn't play more than five games, ten games in the NHL this year, it will be looked on as a disappointment, and I'm sure he will regret it later on. Yeah. But go ahead, Connor. Uh, my view on the whole situation is, number one, if it were me and an NHL team said, hey, we want your we want your autograph and we're going to pay you to play hockey, right. uh, I really wouldn't have to think <laughs> too long about it. None of us would say no to no. that. I, don't, I really wouldn't have to think too long about that. So that's my point, number one. Yep. Number two, I get if people whether inside or outside of the hockey team, whether it be fans or on the inside that are upset about it. I get how you could be upset, but also at the same time, like Jasper Weatherby has done nothing in his past, and this is kind of a hot take, has done nothing in his past for us not to like him, especially in his time at UND. I mean, he's a good dude. Students like him. Uh, great player. So I don't, I don't see how you could really be upset with a guy. Yeah, it sucks that it was like a month before puck drop, and I could see how somebody would be upset. But at the same time, like these guys come to UND so they can play in the NHL. This is this is preemptive okay. here. Let me preempt this and say that I support, I have supported everything Jasper Weatherby has done at UND. But when you say he was a little bit div- divisive when he took the knee. But uh, we support that. That's why I'm preempting saying we support that. But he was a little bit divisive, and we support him. I'm going to miss him. And, Connor, I when I handed the baton over to you, I, I agree with you. When an NHL team says, hey, yes. we're going to pay you six figures to come play hockey for us, I'm not going to say no to that. No, and I would agree with that. I mean, I would say you pay, to make money playing hockey is the dream, right? But the fact that he made it, the commitment to come back this year and play for this team that – he's played for for three years and he trained with all summer is and then to go back on that commitment he went there for a week of training camp they said sign this contract and he signed it okay i i all i'm saying is that he made the commitment to come here and play hockey with these guys for this year and now he now he left now he left his team scrambling obviously they filled his spot with dane montgomery who's going to be a spectacular player you should probably stop hey go ahead here's my point on it is he was going into his senior year this year, correct? He's a senior? Yep. He's going to be a senior. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, hand up. I don't know the exact year that he was drafted, but it's very real possibility that if he would have played this year, he would have become an, a free agent at the end of next year. Kind of like a Drake Kajula. Could have got hurt. Could have got going like that. So when he goes to develop camp, development camp in the summertime, and this is not rare for NHL teams to sign rookies at this time of year and they're like we want you to come and play whether he plays in the ahl whether he plays in the nhl this year i don't see how you can drag a guy for when he had the opportunity to go to go because you never really know what's going to happen in the future and you got to go now and sign that contract kind of like what Kami said when we interviewed him where right. he said that i either could have made four hundred thousand dollars or i could have taken a chance on myself sometimes you just got to be smart and you just got to go I, I agree, and I think that's um, – uh, we played devil's advocate there. Tyler played the advocate of saying, hey, y- you know, that's just an angry fan speaking right there. I mean, I'm not and even we root, a, and we root for – I, I root for Jasper, and I, and I like the choice he made, and I wish him all success. But my point is he's, he made the commitment to come back, and he went back on it. Right. Well, that's enough talking about him. We wish him well-being. Um, Connor, why don't you highlight the player that's replacing him? Yeah, so they got – on the bright side, we got Dane Montgomery coming in. Dane Montgomery, uh, uh, Grand Forks Red River alum, 
uh, played for them. I, I, uh, he's two years younger than me, so he would have been the sophomore when I was a senior his last time here. Uh, actually used to play on a line with other incoming freshman uh, Coons. And uh, he's a gritty little player, man. I remember I was telling you guys I'm officially old when there's guys playing on, at the Ralph on UND ice that I have officiated when they were like squirts. I find that weird though. Like you're two years older. You're two years older than him, and you refed him. Well, I was a really good official. Um, so okay. yeah, I did. Uh, I did officiate Dave Montgomery. But here's my take on Dave Montgomery. Number one is he was captain at Waterloo last year. So he's got. A, he's a leadership guy. He's a Leader. good kid. We. Uh, he's a UND hockey player through and through. He's been committed to the program since he was 12 years old. He's been committed to the program since he was 12 years old. It feels like uh, just forever. Number one, I love the fact that we're getting more North Dakota guys in the locker room. Uh, pretty sure that UND with North Dakota guys in the locker room is uh, is a really good omen when it comes to playing in the playing in the tournament. There's a little bit more heart in there involved. And number two, he's like a little Patrick Kane. He's a tiny little blonde kid, shifty, really good hands. Don't really know what we can expect from him right away. I wouldn't guess that he's probably going to be in the lineup on night one against uh, Niagara. Um, or Bemidji State for the exhibition game. But, um, yeah, I mean, Dane Montgomery, he's, he's a promising young individual that they're bringing into the locker room, and he is buddies with half the team already just because he went to high school with them. So, Yeah, I'll re- reiterate what you said. I love the adding the local talent to the team. Uh, getting more North Dakotans on the roster is something that we love to see. Uh, you know, the University of North Dakota. So adding North Dakota guys, as you said, he was a leader at Waterloo, um, kind of, uh, you know, progressing his development here, going to college a year early. So he's going to have to. I'm not sure he's completely there physicality-wise, but I'm not I'm not next. I have no idea. He could easily be. If Brad Berry says he's good enough to play on the team, he's damn well good enough to play on the and, team. And I'm sure we'll see him play in the Bemidji State uh, exhibition game, which leads us right into the next topic, uh, University of North Dakota will not be playing the Manitoba Bisons for the second consecutive year, which is uh, a rarity around these parts. We're used to seeing them be the exhibition beat up for UND for their season opener year in and year out. But uh, they're going to be playing Bemidji State, which is a new announced rule where you can just pick up and play an NCAA team, whether it be D2 or D3, ACHA. You can play any team for an exhibition rule. Connor, uh, Tyler, I know you're getting giddy, but Connor, we were kind of hoping they were going to bring UJ into the Ralph for we a were, little uh, 10, 10 we run were, roll here. Uh, from what I hear from a family member that used to grace the halls of the University of Jamestown, I fired out a tweet saying that UJ men's hockey, the the ACHA Division One program, should be playing in the Ralph for the exhibition game instead of Manitoba. And I kind of lit a fire on campus, it sounds like. It sounds like a lot of the... A lot of the people on campus had generated a little bit of buzz, but their their buzz was shut down no more than two hours later when UND already picked up playing Bemidji State. So that'll be good. Tyler's a little disappointed because he was so fired up for UND to play Manitoba. Um, if anybody listened to the last podcast, but uh, it'll be it'll be nice because I mean we're gonna you got the Highway Two rivalry three times this year, and two of them are at the Ralph. It'll Driscoll. And Zach Driscoll, Re- like revenge games. It's gonna be a revenge games. I I don't know if we'll see. I mean, we'll probably see a little bit of Drizzy uh, in that exhibition game, but it is an exhibition game, so I don't even think that they have to dress like twenty skaters or eighteen they, skaters. Sure, there's and two no goalies. limit. They can dress. I think as that many as I they think want. that that bench is gonna be packed tight quarters, packed in like sardines, and everybody's pull me out. out of the everybody's stand. gonna get to see a little bit of time. You know, maybe maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll let some guys have a night off, like the 
like like Sendin and guys like that and just let them hang out. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it once again. I mean, we were looking forward to October 2nd regardless just because it was it's the NDSU game at the Alaris Center and then we were going to go Manitoba at night and Bemidji coming to town just makes that day even better because now we got two rivalry games in one day. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, we've got October 2nd is a day that I've had circled on my calendar since the football schedule was released, but but now and, – and obviously Manitoba. I was huge on that Manitoba game, um, but now Bemidji's coming to town. That'll be – higher competition for them as an ex- exhibition game, a preseason game. Um, so, honestly, like, who I would have loved to see them play would be, like, an NDSU Acha team. That would have been 20-0. to zero. Any uh, any fraternity on UND's campus could wipe NDSU's Acha team. I know, and it would have been awesome. I, I would have loved to see them play maybe a UW, like, Eau Claire team, because fr- I am from Wisconsin, admittedly. I But Bemidji is great. Because they're close to each other. They play each other during the season. And I think, you know, October 2nd will be a great day here in Grand Forks. All the people that wanted NDSU's club team to come up and play, UND would get a better game out of our intramural hockey team than NDSU's club Club teams are a little unrealistic uh, for the exhibition. I was a little disappointed when they announced it was going to be Bemidji. Uh, You know, I didn't even know that they were going to transfer out Manitoba until they announced the Bemidji game, which was uh, interesting. It makes sense, too, just like, Travel the, the border's still closed, so yeah. like we that and we're Manitoba's getting. Manitoba's a tradition, though. It is a tradition. tradition. I was really you got lo- guys playing with visors on Manitoba against guys with cages. It's it's great aesthetically. I was really looking forward to them maybe picking up if they were going to go like the D three route, which is really good hockey. Keep in mind picking up like a Concordia, or cool. or even bringing in a team that we don't have on our schedule but would love to see playing the Ralph having St. Thomas come up. Ooh, Ooh, that would have been. That's, I would, a, that's, great that's, that's a great right point, Fuchs. Oh, that, that was overlooked. A, a little, a little Rico Blasi, Peter Tome. Yep, yep. That no was, strangers to the Ralph. Those no, two. Str- those two, no strangers to the Ralph. So I mean, Bemidji, I'm fired up for it. Bemidji State, UND's. It's a great, it's a great rivalry. It's kind of an unsung rivalry. It doesn't get enough credit just because uh, UND tends to have rivalries with every other school in the state of Minnesota. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. I just kind of wish that it would have been a little bit more of a, a non-traditional exhibition game. Yeah, let's um, uh, this let's go on to more scheduling notes. Uh, it seems like these uh, destination games are becoming an annual thing for UND Nashville this year. Next year, just recently announced uh, in between our shows, going to Las Vegas again. This time, T-Mobile Arena against Regional. Arizona State so that'll be a very interesting matchup not only going to Las Vegas but playing Arizona State for the first time in program history Uh, this is something that I'm sure all Sioux fans are already have circled on their calendar I'm not sure if the date has been released but as soon as tickets are available I'm very curious as to how soon that place will fill up because that will be a sight to see Vegas turn green again this time in a greater capacity no I love the destination games they're so fun it's a great idea I can't look more forward to Nashville than I already am but I'm gonna have to sit down with Jody Hodgson because he's it's getting to the point where I'm gonna have to take out another student loan just to go to these destination games and I need him to co-sign on it because he's he's taking I mean Nashville Vegas like it's it's getting insane, but yep. it's also so awesome. I mean, UND in the last ten years they've played in Madison Square Garden. We've played in uh, we're gonna play at Bridgestone. They played at the some casino in Vegas yeah, against the Gophers. Yeah, that game. And then also the fact that they're playing Arizona State is super cool, just because it'll be the first time. Just like this is the first time UND's playing Penn State, it'll be the first time we play Arizona State. I'd like to think that there's probably gonna be a 
a decent amount of Arizona State people that could probably spend a weekend in Vegas That'd and watch nice their hockey team yeah, play. I'm sure. So uh, maybe maybe we could uh, try our hand at if we can figure out how to talk to girls by then. Maybe some Arizona State girls will be in town. But at the same time, it, that's it's, all you, Fuxy. Yeah, uh, not likely. Um, but. Yeah, no, I'm really stoked to to see Vegas. Uh, as soon as it came out, got a text from my dad. My dad's fired up about it, and uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun. And it, UND always travels great, so T-Mobile's going to be packed, and it's going to be green. Tyler, what do you think? You have that uh, – you're definitely going to be going, huh? Oh, yeah, next question, we're going. I mean, yeah. we're, we're As going an alum, it's almost a civil duty. If, you're a, if you consider yourself a UND fan, and especially if you're an alum of the university and a hockey fan – it's a civil duty to go to, to Las go. Vegas. Yep. And it, it, it'll be a sight to be seen when T-Mobile is all green. All Kelly Green and T-Mobile. I think that they kind of learned their lesson when that whatever casino ranked that sat, what, 10,000? What was it, like 8,000? I think maybe? it had smaller capacity than the Ralph. It was, it was, yeah, it was about uh, 10,000, yeah. 7,500, 8,000. Like 8, yeah, and it was all range. green. Yep. It was all green. And now T-Mobile is going to be all green. It's going to be sold out again, just like just like Bridgestone is going to be in Nashville. It's going to be sold out all green. And no matter the opponent, again, they could have played University of Jamestown in Vegas. T-Mobile Arena is going to be sold out. Just because of the destination game, people from Grand Forks, people from North Dakota are looking forward to going watching the guys play in Vegas, going to watch the guys play in, in Nashville. So, I mean, right now I'm looking forward to that Nashville trip like nobody's business. But uh, it'll be a good time. I also think it's really cool these destination games for for some of the guys on the team. Like it's a huge recruiting tool. Be, is what I was just It's a huge say. recruiting tool too. Like I was talking with uh, I was talking with Louis Jamernick this weekend when we were out, and we were talking about how we were purchasing plane tickets, and he was looking at us like, "You guys are crazy for the amount of money that you're spending to come watch us play." But also at the same time, like we can't miss it because it's it's like a. It's an exodus. It's the entire fan base goes to one place and everybody just has a time for the entire weekend and we just run the town. Like Nashville is going to be green for three straight days and that's going to be an electric time. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, any other hockey notes we can think of? Um, college hockey as a whole, as we consider ourselves a college hockey podcast, the Alaska Anchorage was saved. Yeah, Huge. Love Huge news. Love to see that. Love the Seawolves. Yep. One the of the all-time best, best mascots. mascots. Oh, a great mascot. We need to get them in the NCHC. Yep. Huge shout out to Save Seawolf Hockey. They were a huge uh, factor in keeping that program alive. And the Seattle Kraken also came out and supported the program in a major way. Yeah. I think they had to raise up like upwards of $3 million just for the athletic department to consider keeping the program. Uh, obviously, the logistics of running a college hockey program in Alaska is not um, <laughs> ideal. Keep that in, Fuchs. Keep it in. <laughs> Good Sam, Lord. Sam just shit his pants. Just keep that in. That's going to itch when yeah. it dries. Yeah, you, could, you could edit all that out. But... Um, and Lonzo, but um, yeah, we're, we're out here just having a good time. But uh, Alaska Anchorage, it's great for them to save their program. Uh, you'd think they're going to enter the CCHA. That's the most logistical option for them. Arizona State reoptioning. We're seeing all this realignment in college football. College hockey's already seen its major realignment. But uh, yeah, that's my note. We got a little sidetrack. We just need to get. Anchorage. We just need to get more college hockey teams on the West Coast. We need. Yeah. We need college hockey in Washington State. Uh, Montana, uh, Northern California, Northern California, California, like th that San Jose region, like those those are hockey hotbeds. They're growing. Arizona State, I could see UNLV getting a getting a college hockey team or a Division One team here, pretty close there. 
some would say a perennial power in the ACHA. I would say they're not, but they definitely are a school that could support it. And then we got to get hockey in the SEC. Those jerseys. When Butchie does those jerseys, the college hockey jerseys, especially like the Gators, Tennessee. Alabama's hockey jerseys are unreal. Same with like Ole Miss. They have baby yeah. blue hockey jerseys. They look like they're the Quebec Nordiques. It's unbelievable. So we need to get college hockey all over the country. And uh, that's that's a great way for the sport to grow is put it on those big campuses. For sure. And uh, one other conversation I think we should have before we throw it to our traditional gold medal draft. Um, uh, you guys are a huge sponsor of the show, Deeks Pizza. You guys ordered Deeks for a random fight recently, UFC fight. I wasn't there. But um, uh, you guys mentioned that the ingredients may have been upgraded. Want to elaborate on that a little bit? I think they changed the sauce. I mean... I consider myself a Deeks Pizza professional, and that was the best Deeks Pizza I've ever eaten. In my it was life. unreal, and we're not saying this because they're our sponsor. Well, like we kind of are, but we're also not at the same time. We sat there and we ate that pizza, and we could not stop. It was three we of us. Could and not we stop. Ate two large pizzas. Talk about being bloated. That pizza was the most delicious thing I've had in my entire time in Grand Forks. They changed it up. Not saying that it was bad before. I'm just saying they made it better. Somehow they made it better. I don't know how they did it. We need we need Deeks Pizza to reach out to us and tell us what they did. Although we might be the first people to find out, but I hope our listeners are eating Deeks Pizza too and they know that they changed it up. It's so much better now. I'm sure they are. Mike Commodore is also an ambassador for them. Um, let's throw it over to the gold medal draft then. I'm a little winded. Connor, what is the subject for this gold medal draft? So this week's gold medal draft, we are going to do four picks, snake it through like we usually do, and we are going to be picking the best things about fall. So this is a pretty broad draft. It can be athletic-wise. It can be weather-wise. It can be school-wise. We're just going to talk about the best things about fall. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to go Sam, Tyler, me, snake it back. I got stuck in the middle. Four, we got four picks each. Let's Sammy. go. All right. Yeah, go ahead. I, thanks for giving me the first pick. Connor, this is your subject of choice um, uh, with the first overall pick. I think this is obvious. It's being a football-themed episode. It's football season. Uh, high school football, college football, NFL. I love all of it. Uh, fantasy football, drafts are getting brewed up. Uh, so just the football season, the environment surrounding it, tailgating, everything surrounding football is my favorite part about fall. It's it's You can't beat it. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's everybody's 1-1 one, one on the board. Football season. And along with football season comes uh, my pick will be weather. The weather of fall is hands down the best weather of all time that little bit of that little bit of cold breeze that kind of hurts your throat and your nostrils but give me you love it i think the last like two saturdays and sundays i've felt it i felt a little brisk breeze i felt you know you could breathe in the air and it's like fresh the air feels fresh and you can you can hear the pads hitting each other. You can hear the whistles going. You're taking my football. That's not I mean, weather related. It is weather related <laughs> based on pads and because whistles. Because what I, I feel fall weather, what I think about is football. And okay, it, it, now, now it you're is, completely encroaching yeah, on my first pick. Absolutely Connor, encroaching. Is that fine? Because, because when I think fall, weather is weather. What you said. I think Your pick I is weather. Football, you have weather. I mean, it's, you're it's, starting to really encroach on my football. It's, <laughs> the weather of fall is, is you can't beat it. And I feel like anybody who, who is listening to this episode right now will, will think the same thing. All right. Weather. So for the third pick, third overall, I'm going to go with, and bear with me here, but I love the back to school. Now, I don't like the back to class. 
but I love the fact that we've been in town all summer. I love everybody coming back, running into people you haven't seen in four months. Everybody's just in a mood that we, we got to go out all three days of the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because it's Labor Day. But I love just everybody coming back in the ambiance of the fall, the back to school. It's just everybody's happy before they start to get depressed in November. Uh, number two, I love the food of fall. I'm a big fan of the pumpkin spice. Mm-hmm. I love the pumpkin spice. The drink. The the drink. The the pumpkin spice latte. The cold brew pumpkin spice. Call me. Uh, make fun of me all you want, but I love the the food of fall. The pumpkin spice, Tyler. Yeah, yeah. My my two pick. Uh, it's got it's got to be uh, hockey season. I mean, we know that hockey season is October second. That taxi technically falls in, into the fall season category, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, every day that goes by, October 2nd gets another day closer. Um, so hockey season is right around the corner. NHL news is starting to pick up. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, is it October yet, right? That's exactly. the common hockey phrase. Also refers to my pick. I'm going to go baseball. Uh, the <laughs> I knew that. I was going to leave that one for yeah, you. The pennant races are heating up. Uh, October baseball, when the playoffs start, nothing beats it. This is when the serious contenders, everybody knows I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. They're always in the mix. So all the games start to mean a little bit more this time of year. And, uh, you know, when the playoffs get here, you, you really can't beat it. Baseball. And then I'm going to finish off my draft with uh, just a basic fall pick. Uh, I don't think weather encompasses this. I'm going to go with the change. This doesn't finish you up, though. This, this is, is your, your third, third pick. pick. We get four. You finish the draft. Okay. I think we've we've completely lost the concept of the medals of this um, whole draft. This is, now, now we've turned this into a Mount Rushmore, which would be a cease and desist moment. Part of my take. Yeah. I think this is your third pick. Now we were lost in the we, snake. We may have officially no. I think we may have officially made this a Mount Rushmore instead of. Should a we should we just draft. go Mount Rushmore then? Yeah, we've changed. The Let's just now. go gold medal. This is our last picks. All right, this will be our last pick. We're sticking with medals. Okay, medals. This is our bronze medal pick. Yeah, my bronze medal pick, and I'm going to stick with the basic fall uh, themes. Like I was saying earlier, I don't think your weather pick encroaches on this. I'm going to go with the changing of the leaves. Oh, you motherfucker. The, cha- the changing pick. of the leaves God. is something that is just a beautiful sight. Grand Forks is known for its trees. Uh, that's it. I'm going to go changing of the leaves. A side note on that is I also think uh, I'm going to go off on another tangent here. This is a completely different subject. Um, uh, independent league baseball or college league baseball. The Whiskey Jacks played here last summer, and they're going back to Canada, their home base next summer, and they're looking for a nickname this next year. And I'm proposing the Tree Hyenas, which is another name for squirrels. So that's my proposal. Go ahead. It's getting so late. We're starting. Yeah. To go this on. is uh, see now. Leaves leaves was my last pick, and I and I've lost it. So I'm going to stick to my profession here. Um, and and uh, I'm I'm gonna go with with flying during the fall it is unbeatable. <laughs> flying airplanes during the fall, the 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 sky is still clear, but the air is now smooth. Um, you're not getting tossed around like a rag doll. Um, so yeah, that'll be my my bronze medal. My bronze medal pick, and this is probably would have been my like my first round pick, but I knew that you guys wouldn't take it, so I held off on it. But it's gonna be flannels. There's nothing better than rocking a flannel. I was I was in my closet getting ready to go downtown this weekend, and I was like, what I would do right now to be able to wear a flannel and a pair of jeans to the bar. It's just not not cool enough yet, but flannels in fall is, is my favorite thing. Yeah, go along with fashion. Just an honorable mention, yoga pants is another good yoga thing pants that goes, goes along with fall. All right. Bonk. The one that I just, the one that I just <laughs> thought of. 
The one that I just thought of was Sundays during fall. I feel like that encroaches on your Again, football. On football? Yeah. Yeah. That encroaches on your football, but mm-hmm. but Sundays during the fall, I mean, I mean, sit on your couch for 11 hours. Don't move. Don't move. Okay? Uber eat. All, the only time you're getting up is to go take a piss and to go maybe refill your water bottle, and that's it. So Sundays are in the fall. You, you can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. What a draft! Um, I think we're gonna do our post draft evaluation. Um, I, d- I don't know. Any honorable mentions that we forgot? It's so kind of a kind of a tough topic, honestly. It was so vague, but pretty vague. Tyler went with hockey when it wasn't necessarily hockey season in the fall. But hockey flying. starts in the fall. You look forward to hockey when the you fall, do. When fall you starts. do. That's a good fall pick. That's a good fall pick. But I we think slept we on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and Halloween are both slept on. Yeah, that's off. That's yeah. off my radar at this moment. But um, yeah, fall's terrific. We're looking Thanksgiving and Halloween fashions. are over- overshadowed this year by big UND hockey games. But find us on a huge benefit of UND joining the Missouri Valley Conference ESPN Plus every Saturday. Yes, we're gonna be glued to that. How about that? That's a huge streaming partner. We love Midcoast Sports Network. Obviously, um, uh, when it's in the Alaris, we're gonna be watching Alex Heinert. But it's nice to have a reliable streaming service when they're outside of the Alaris. With that being said, we look forward to Saturday. Oh, I just got an honorable mention. Go ahead. The lack of bugs. That's true. The mm-hmm. mosquitoes start to die. That's yep. slept I'm on. I'm sorry. That just popped in my head. No, that's that's definitely a benefit Again, of fall. Getting late. Yeah, but we, don't, we don't like uh, bugs or vermin of any kind. But um, uh, we're going to call it, and we're going to send it over to Tom Miller and Brady Leach. Keep in mind, Sulis, we had a few technical difficulties, so our interview with Tom Miller just goes right into the conversation. Apologize in advance, but we really hope you enjoy it. So here you go. Here's Tom Miller. I want to highlight something on the offense that uh, outside of Tommy Schuster and Otis Weah, who are definitely the superstars going into the season, um, uh, coming back is uh, Brock Boltman. Uh, how can we see him utilized in the offense? We've, u- we've seen him used as uh, like kind of a wildcat type guy in the past. Uh, he's an electric factor. He wasn't hurt all last year, I believe, right? He didn't play a single game. So how do you see him? Is he fully healthy, and is he uh, going to be utilized a lot? Yeah, that was one of the subtle things about the twenty nine or the 2021 sp- spring. I'm crossing myself up here. Uh, the last time UND played, one of the subtle things about UND having a great season was that Brock Boltman was their most dynamic offensive player going into that season. Like, we didn't know what Otis Way was because he was academically knowledgeable. Nothing to know about Tommy Schuster, really. Uh, but Brock Boltman was the the dynamic dude coming out of that season. And, uh, you know, he missed the entire year. Um, so coming into this year, I, you know, he, he hasn't practiced, in my opinion, at what I would consider 100%. Sometimes older guys do that. Um, you know, you, you see a guy who's who's had his reps. He doesn't need to – he doesn't need to prove anything to anybody. Um, just get him to Saturday kind of deal. And uh, so I'm interested to see how he looks on Saturday. When, when he's 100%, he is an all-conference level player. Um, I don't think they'll run him in at quarterback like they were doing in 2019. Like Quincy Vaughn has taken over that role a little bit, and and Brock just, uh, you know, Brock has a has an injury that they they don't want to overwork him. So you know he'll get in there, he'll make some grabs, great hands, uh, good player. Yeah, and you quick mentioned uh, Quincy Vaughn. I mean, him and Tommy Schuster. Last year we saw glimpses of that Quincy Vaughn package where he it's a it's kind of like a wildcat. But he does have that threat to throw the football, and he's a big body. Um, do you, uh, in your, you know, when you've been at training camp and fall camp this fall, have you seen that package used more often? Because um, I love seeing that come in. Yeah, it, it's hard to tell, like, just because of the nature of how they how they 
do practice and reps and all that. It's hard to tell like what they've established as packages. Uh, Quincy takes the number two reps. Uh, Trey Feeney is a really talented rookie out of Moorhead who people are high on. Uh, he takes some reps with the third string, but uh, from, from what I think Quincy Vaughn is, it gets like pigeonholed as, as a power rushing option. And so I feel like there's going to be moments this year where he's going to come into the game and a defense is going to say, I've seen highlights of this guy. And all he does is run the football right up the gut. We are going to bring down our safeties. We are going to tight coverage. Um, and he's going to throw it over the top of them because uh, I feel like uh, it's not quite known that, that, that Quincy is really a, a throwing quarterback. He just, uh, he just happens to be such a tank that he's hard to tackle. So they use him in that, in that manner, you know? Yeah. And that's why we're going to see Bolton probably use less in that wildcat package. Uh, I kind of want to take the conversation back to you referenced, well, let's go. You've seen 30 or so uh, professional scouts in attendance so far in fall camp. Uh, have they been coming to you for advice on like what other players to look at and uh, how well let's go has been looking and what kind of a character guy he is? No, I, 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 they should <laughs> my copy once they, once they Google the guy, but uh, no, they, they talked, they talked to Robbie Rouse as you and he's running backs coach and he's kind of the pro liaison. So scouts come up to Robbie Rouse and they introduce themselves, blah, blah, blah. And then what 95% of the time happens is, is strength coach Nate Bockel goes over there. And I imagine they go over a little bit of what numbers Nate's seen out of, out of him strength wise, and things like that. And then usually, uh, Danny Freund and Bubba Schweiger will, will pop over there real fast and and drop two cents. But uh, it's kind of funny because I don't have to wonder about who they're watching. Like, you know, you got like the the interesting wide receiver DB quarterback action on one side of the field. Then you have like some linemen pushing a sled around real boring. Great. And then they're the dogs. All the scouts are sitting there with like their polos on and they're like athletic shoes and jotting things down. Well, I want to transition to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, hand up, not a football guy, but the only thing that I have questioning going into this season is uh, last year against both James Madison and NDSU, we just got the ball ran all over us. Uh, what's the what's the defensive line? What's the defensive uh, run game kind of looking like going into this year? Yeah, man, you guys are nailing the million dollar questions, man. I mean, that's the that's the question, right? You like, should know these answers. <laughs> you're you're <laughs> the Oracle, you Tom. Want. Well, here's what I got. Here's what I got. Um, simple answer, right? Like you, I can't. If I'm a coach, I can't take a 260 pound kid who who who. Uh, isn't quite ready to plug the middle of a three, four defense and then just like go out there and do it because I'm a great coach with X's and O's. Um, at some point you got to get the dudes, um, the horses, uh, to be able to, to be able to play a physical run, run defense. And, uh, you know, I think UND will take a step towards that this year. Will they, will they be able to dictate the line of scrimmage against the North Dakota States and the James Madison's like, I wouldn't put my house on it, but it could happen. Um, you know, I think the thing that'll be different is in the North Dakota State game, I don't know if you noticed, but the nose guard, Jalen Morrison, got hurt. And when he came out of the game, UND really struggled um, to stop the run. And that's fairly natural in the 3-4 defense and how valuable the nose guard position is. And I think coming into this year, uh, there's two. There, there's a few guys, uh, Shannon Pierre, Craig Orlando, and Elijah Beach. Um those guys, especially Orlando and Beach, um, are in that 6'3", 300-pound range. And that's got to be one phrase that a UND defensive coach used this year is like, 
they passed the eye test. Now they have to pass the football test. And I feel like in the past, those guys didn't even pass the eye test. And so at least I feel like the, the program has taken a step forward. They've got guys that pass the eye test. Um, they just need to show up and, and do it on the field right now. Yeah. And I would agree with you. Um, especially, I mean, I love Jalen, um, in the dorms with him. Great kid. Um, but he's just not the frame of, of a nose tackle. And, and, and he really had to put on a lot of weight and a lot of build to, to play that position effectively. And he's done a great job. But I feel like they, they think he's like a Tank Harris in a 3-4 defense when Tank Harris would eat up double, double teams, even triple teams sometimes, and plug that middle. Um, you, you mentioned that Shannon Pierre, and I, and I see that he's right there behind Jalen. Would you think that if they do get into a game, they make an adjustment and go to a 4-3 defense have they been showing that in fall camp because that's something that I think if they have another effective maybe three technique or even a one technique that they can put a guy in there like that you know I I don't think they would do that you know maybe they would prove me wrong especially in the jumbo package like in the goal line maybe that's when that's when you would see some of that um you know the three four was was essentially designed to stop North Dakota State's veer offense in the 1980s um and, and, and basically the line of thinking was that in, in Grand Forks, North Dakota, you can find linebackers and you can maybe find linebackers better than you can find nose guards um, or defensive tackles. So if, if you got to find, if you got to find, you know, eight defensive tackles or three nose guards, you know, they were basically saying we can find three nose guards and get really studly outside backers in this area of the country. Um, I don't know if that's held up great over 40 years. Um, obviously if the four, if the three, four is run to its perfection, um, you know, any, any team can, can pull it off successfully. But, uh, anyways, I don't know why I gave you a history lesson, but that's what it was. Hey, we made the playoffs four out of the last six years. So I mean, yeah, defense has been the strength of the team. So I, I, I like the defensive uh, strategy they've implemented. Um, uh, and looking at the strengths of this defense, it's definitely in the linebacking and, uh, you know, the secondary, what year did Evan Holm graduate high school? Yeah, that was 1994. <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels like he's played forever. I like I assume that he was the oldest guy on the team. And I asked Jackson Turner who the oldest guy on the team was. And Jackson Turner was like, I am. And it, it only feels that way about Evan Holm because he played as a true freshman. And Jackson and all of his classmates, like they redshirted. So everybody knew who Evan Holm was immediately. And then he kind of went down that rabbit hole of like medical redshirts. Yeah. A three game rule red shirt mm-hmm. uh, so it just feels like he's been here um since before the flood <laughs> yeah but then uh, go ahead and speak on i mean the strength of the secondary i mean home i think it's great to see him back the adina hornet i mean he has a history in rugby which i think is interesting for those sulis out there uh but the rest of the team you also talked about um uh Getting after the pastor was their strong suit as well last year, and that helps the DB Sa- cover. Sac City. Sac City. I mean, they, they were eating <laughs> up quarterbacks last year as well. Yeah, but go ahead and speak yeah. on what you think the actual strength of the defense actually is and uh, some players that we can look to that uh, will kind of make a name for themselves that we haven't heard of in the past. Yeah, you know, the pass rush is definitely what makes a 3-4 defense successful. And, and when you bring back Jackson Turner and Ray Haas, an outside backer, and, and they're backed up by Josh Navratil, who's probably going to be the next big name to come through at outside backer, um, you know, they're, they're really set there. And then inside you've got uh, Noah Larson and Devin Chernowski, who are both like all conference level type 
athletes at, at inside backers. So you're really happy with like, I don't know if you got four backers, you're really, you're really happy with like probably nine of them at this point. Um, so you're really deep there. Uh, you're a little thin at safety. You're a little worried that Jordan Kennedy's coming back from an injury last, uh, last spring. And um, if he can't go, the, in, the experience level there just drops off a cliff. Um, they'll have Hayden Galvin starting at one safety spot, but the other spot is, uh, you know, going to be some sort of toss up between a, like a Jason Coley, Sammy Fort or Caden Coppinen. Somebody in that mix is going to have to step forward. All right. I just have a, a really quick question here. And this is, this is uh, something you can answer right away is, is how excited are you for NDSU to come to the Alaris? Cause I am so excited. It's, it's a mix. Like I, Part, part of me is like, hey, it hasn't happened since 2003, since I was in high school. Like, that's that's awesome. Um, but from my from my selfish perspective, like UND NDSU week just leads to a lot of like additional hoopla and uh, noise. Um, that's just kind of generally annoying. So, like, I'll probably start the week pretty, pretty jazzed about things. And then by like Thursday afternoon, you know, I need that game to happen. I think the noise is going to be amplified this year too by the fact that like in the last 10 years NDSU has been the perennial power and UND's kind of been a hopeful and now there's questions well what if what if UND let's say UND beats Idaho State they're 10 and a half point favorites it's not that big of a stretch then they go then on a Friday night they go to Utah State and uh, Utah State's not supposed to be great you come home and you beat Drake should be Drake um you're looking at going into the Bison game three and zero with an FPS win. Like, I realize that's that's drinking the green Kool Aid a little bit, but like, I don't know. It's not that crazy, right? You're no. browsing the Sioux Sports fan forums a little too much, thinking that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but the Utah State that'll be an interesting game week two. I don't know what the spread is on that. They have a new coach coming in. Um, uh, but for sure, looking at the schedule, where did you peg the Fighting Hawks in your preseason poll in the Missouri Valley? It's a good question. I fill those things out so fast. Probably shouldn't say that out loud, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got you got you got South Dakota State runner up in the national championship game, mm-hmm. back with their quarterback. Like they're going to be good. Uh, North Dakota State's always good. Um, so I, I assume I pegged them three, right? Yeah, and the thing and the thing about this year, right, is everybody's returning everybody from last spring at the FCS level. Yeah. Like not a lot of people were drafted, so the rosters we're seeing this fall are very similar to what we saw last spring. So we can expect the same results, right? Sexfer, I'm pretty sure NDSU just exterminated their entire quarterback room. Yeah, yeah, I was just <laughs> they say were that. <laughs> the the far the far uh, would uh, would would crawl up you on that one. Oh, <laughs> so. A guy that I have circled that I think could be a guy that kind of comes out of nowhere this year, maybe not nowhere, but a guy that can take a number one spot, if I'm looking at this too deep, is uh, Bo Belquist. Um, true freshman last year. Um, I want to know like kind of what you think about him and, the, and then who your guy is that you have circled that, that can really make a splash this year. I, I would totally agree with Bo Belquist. Um, you know, he's coming back from the type of injury that – leaves me less concerned than Brock Boltman's injury. Um, Bo Belquist is a bone injury, in my opinion, I think. And uh, I, I, I believe that you're, you're less, less concerned about him re, you know, having a setback. And uh, I, think, I think he'll be a, more able to 
be full go early in the season, more so than Brock Bowman. And I think, I think Bo Belquist, uh, has, has a super bright future. If he can stay healthy, like his, the only thing that's the only thing that I would have a knock on Bo Belquist is he needs to put on like 15 pounds. Um, aside from that, he's incredibly elusive, um, you know, tough to tackle, uh, really quick. He just a, a really good player that is good early in his career, more so than I would have anticipated. And if you want a name from me, a guy who I think is going to break out, it'll probably be two years. But I'll say Nick Kupfer of Bismarck Legacy, uh, a, wide receiver, a wide receiver who was a walk-on. He put up like 30 points a game during the basketball season. He was one of the state's best triple jumpers. And uh, I don't know. I'm pumping his tires this fall, so hopefully he doesn't fall flat on his face. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out for him. But I just want to let you know that I went to the first game of the year this year in the Alaris, and I sat next to the Bolquist family. And notoriously all NDSU fans, right? Everybody was wearing UND stuff. I talked to the dad, I talked to the cousin, talked to the uncle, the brother, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Everybody's wearing UND Fighting Hawks well, stuff. Well, they're at a UND football game. So well, I mean, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little traitor-ish. I mean, it's UUND, right? No, I mean, this is, this is obviously UND country. So I, but, you know, note taken, uh, the Belquist family is UND football fans. Got it. But uh, well, So Bo, Bo's dad played for the Bison. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so that's that's, that's why what, I could I, be that's what I'm referencing. I, I, yeah. I was unaware of that background. But uh, Tom, we're all big fantasy football guys over here. Who do you think on this offense would be put up the most production in fantasy football in a PPR league? I'm thinking Luke Skokna would be a great guy out of the backfield. He's getting a lot of catches out of the backfield plus some carries. Uh, Garrett Mogg yeah. is a beast wide receiver. Who who would be putting up the most fantasy football points on this offense? It's a good question. I mean, obviously Otis is going to be the guy right, that people right. look, to, but, but, but he's not, uh, he hasn't proven to, to be a third and long back, um, which if you're going to reference a PPR league, you're going to want some guy to catch the ball out of the backfield. And he's not probably not my guy this year. Uh, Skokna though, he might not score in the red zone. So you got to worry about that a little bit. Um, you know, Garrett, Garrett Mogg is got it. Got to be in the conversation. Um, Adam Zavalny at tight end got, but he had three touchdowns last year. He could be in the mix. Belquist will have a lot of catches. Yep. Because you, you get if he stays healthy, you get him on bubble screens. He can have seven catches a game. Yeah, I'm, probably I'm, a false I'm, promise I'm not, here, but we could probably try keep track of the fantasy points uh, for <laughs> UND games. That would take about like thirty minutes of work. Maybe uh, the we'll, Herald. We'll will make fun. it. We'll make it one week, and then we'll forget. We'll about do it. a few weeks, yeah. But false promise, but that's something to look for. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, before we wrap it up, we got to ask you, what's your prediction this year? How is UND going to finish out? I think last year you were pretty much bang on. You said like six and three, I believe, or something around there. How about how about, two how about how about this Frisco? Question mark. That's bold. That's bold. I, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to go that far. You know, I, let's see. He's got journalistic integrity. Just give us an undefeated national champ. Headlines. Seven seven wins? Seven or eight wins. Okay. I mean, that's kind of a boring answer, right? Like that's, that's right down the down the middle, but Wait, I that's got, just kind of where they're at. That should make the playoffs. That gives them losses in Fargo yeah. and Logan, Utah, and South Dakota State. Yeah, winning in Brookings would be real tough you know, at the end of the year there. Uh-huh. Did you have uh, – okay, journalistic integrity, I know you have it, but did you have the headline typed up? 
when UND was playing James Madison and NDSU was playing Sam Houston State, and they were going to play in the Alaris, both teams win, to head down to Frisco. Did you have that headline typed up? No, I mean, I've, I've had some things written ahead of time before in my life that have not come to fruition, but uh, <laughs> that, that ain't one of them, no. Oh. Well, I had it typed up. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what, Tom? The one thing I'm looking forward to is I've been reading your training camp day-by-day uh, -day articles, and you set the scene so well, what the weather's like. If there's a little bit, <laughs> if there's a little bit of humidity, what kind of scouts are in the stands? Like maybe there's a little dew on the field, so we're worried about ankle injuries, stuff like that. I cannot wait for you to set the scene on October second for the. Uh, I got your minutia, man. I'm your guy. You really yeah. touch all the senses. I mean, yeah. taste, smell, sight. Don't need to go sound. watch practice when Tom Miller's writing about it. You can just. Yeah. Immerse yourself. Hey, I could add smell next year. I could get a little, you know, whether it's the Simplot whiff or the Coolies. <laughs> right. Yeah. This are you going to tailgate this year? Are we going to find you at any tailgates? You know, I haven't, I've been working at the Herald since I was 18. So I've never, I haven't, other than like growing up at old Memorial stadium, like I never had a chance to actually real tailgate. Oh, you could do it this year. I think there's an opportunity right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we should make a movement on Twitter. Let Tom out in the tailgating lot and let you interact with the people who uh, you write for. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get, so we'll get the movement started. Let Tom out into the tailgating line. We'll just say it was Brad Schlossman's idea. I'll wear glasses and call me Schlossman. That'd be perfect. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Put on the, put on the headband. Yeah, there we go. Get one of those. Maybe carry a tennis Let's racket around with you. Yeah, I'll just talk to everybody about pickleball. No one knows the difference. Hey, thanks a lot, Tom. We we appreciate it. You really are who we look to when it comes to, to football season, and uh, we really look forward to Saturday against Idaho State. Awesome. Love talking football. All right, thanks. All righty, have a good night. All right, Sue Light, welcome on our first ever football alum players onto the show. We are very pleased to welcome onto the show former kicker, former tight end of the football program, uh, Hunter Pinky and Brady Leach. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Let's so we got this. Brady in studio. Hunter, you're zooming in from Arizona. Why don't you tell us what life is like down there right away? Well, uh, weather's good. Women are good looking, and uh, the brews are pretty good down here too. So life's life's rolling. Life's rolling for sure. And then Brady, we're up here in Grand Forks. We're living life large up here, and we're waiting for Idaho State on Saturday. And that's what we kind of brought you guys on to talk about today is that game. And Brady, uh, before we brought you on, you said you have some heavy insight on this first matchup. No, I definitely do, and I mean, Hunter can kind of back me up on this. Uh, Idaho State has been an opponent that's kind of only been a roadblock um, in our seasons thus far. Um, we can kind of touch on our travel to get there. I'm, I'm sure Tom Miller the other night kind of touched on that too, but uh, Tom was not a great, great travel trip there. It was actually the day after my 21st birthday, and so um, sitting in the Bemidji Airport for about five hours. Like the middle of a blizzard. Middle of a blizzard in uh, – my birthday is October 10th. And so, um, yeah, sitting in the middle of a blizzard, getting to Pocatello, Idaho, and eating cold enchiladas at midnight uh, 10 hours before a game is, is never a good thing. Well, it's a good thing that Kicker wasn't on the on the tarmac doing run-throughs with the, with the O-line like Tom Miller was talking about in his articles the other day. So, But uh, – Let's get right into it. So we got let's let's introduce your, uh, yourselves. Let's get a little backstory on the both of you. Hunter, you're uh, you're a North Dakota guy through and through. Um, anybody listening to the show obviously probably knows your story and 
and everything that goes along with it. You're an inspiration to all of us. Why don't you just kind of talk about what you're up to right now? We mentioned you're in Arizona. Why are you in Arizona? Uh, kind of what brought you down here. We were talking a little bit beforehand about your story, but just kind of give the give the long story short uh, for the listeners. Yeah, so I grew up in a little tiny town called Wishick, North Dakota, South Central uh, part of the state, and had 18 in my graduating class. Uh, played nine man football. Got to come up here and uh, played four years at UND uh, before my skiing accident, and then uh, last year didn't play, but uh, got to be on the sidelines and help lead that team. Uh, to to the quarterfinals, so that's uh, that's kind of what got me to UND, um, and then down down in Arizona now uh, in graduate school for some architecture, and uh, doing some adaptive sports down here. I'm in uh, track and field, and then uh, potentially maybe maybe uh, another sport coming here quick, but nothing official. So uh, I'm loving life, dude. Life's life's good. Brady told us some uh, inside information before hopping on the show that you guys already have your tickets booked for Paris 2024. <laughs> But you know, let's go. Better believe it, man. Uh, if, if if that's not the goal, I don't know why I'm doing this thing. But yeah, I, I you guys can't even see it, but I got a uh, shirt on right now. It says uh, Paralympians are made here, and then uh, University of Arizona on it. So uh, of course that's the goal. Well, you know, Hunter, uh, all of North Dakota, especially uh, Sioux Country, is behind you in your journey, and uh, we root nothing but the best for you. But right now, let's reminisce about what uh, our listeners really want to hear: is your guys' playing days. And uh, Brady, also before he came on, this was great insight, his biggest kick of his career, uh, game winner against UC Davis. He said you were the first one to greet him after that play on special teams. Uh, well, it, yeah, I mean, if, if the Sioux fans remember this thing, uh, you know, UC Davis comes into the Alaris Center there. I think they're a top 10, top 15 team. Yep. And uh, Leach drilled, uh, I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Leach was like 47, 45, something like that. You're exactly right, 47 <laughs> Is yards. that good? 47. 47 here is that good yeah it was all right uh he drilled it with like less than a minute left and there's a video i think midco captured it of uh me just kind of going nuts and, and celebrating with it so yeah that was a sweet moment um talk about that trip out to pocatello though um i mean that was just a complete i mean just a that's a bad deal i mean we got our butts kicked uh got no sleep food was awful uh their stadium is junk um, if we're being honest, Holt Arena is by far the worst dome in America. It's the oldest, and it's a piece of crap, if we're being honest. Um, that being said, Idaho State usually plays pretty well at home, so I'm excited for that to, to see Saturday. But um, it's a tough trip. I mean, you're playing at elevation too, so that, that factors a little bit into it. It's, it's not the Alaris Center for sure, Pocatello. I'm sure that's where they store cattle in the offseason. Uh, it's one of those stadiums. But I want to throw this out to more so to Brady than Hunter. I'm uh, – you can also feel free to answer after Brady gives his insight, but uh, what do you guys think about this team going into this season? Obviously high expectations. Last spring you guys set a pretty high mark for the program. So um, uh, what are the expectations this year? Is it national championship or bust, or, or what is it? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll start on this. I, I do think that the national championship is the goal for this team. Um, there are a few spots uh, that roles need to be filled. Obviously looking at that old line, we had two f- – two five-year vets that that left and then we had a guy transfer prior to the playoffs this last year but kind of looking forward um, there were guys that got playing time in in the late playoffs last year that can kind of carry that over but um, I mean as long as as long as the old line kind of kind of fills its gap I think Freund has a creative mind I think we got some key guys back on offense this year that 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 offense is going to be explosive and we've returned enough guys on defense there that are going to kind of eliminate those big plays and and make it easier for the offense so 
Hunter, same thoughts? Yeah, I mean, everyone knows the, the skill positions that this team's got with Mog and Otis and Skokna in the backfield and then throwing, you know, young talent, Marcus Preston, Bo Belquist. Uh, when Jake Richter gets back, he'll add to that wide receiver core. Um, tons of skill. And then, like Brady said, the offense line is the big question. And then defensively, I think the key really for this season, uh, first of all, we got to beat the Bison. I mean, it's it's about time that we beat the Bison. But to beat the Bison, you got to be able to stop the run. And our defensive line um, is going to be crucial to that. And those three starters, uh, when you're looking at Jalen Johnson, Jalen Morrison, and, and Quinton Glean, uh, they got to stay healthy. Um, you know, a, a lot of unprovenness behind those three. Those three are solid, but um, a lot of youth behind them. So if that D-line can stay healthy, I think uh, I think our defense will be stellar. We got, I really think we got the best linebacking crew in the country. When you look at Ray Haas, Jackson Turner on the outside, and then Noah Larson and Devin Kronowski on the inside, uh, find me a better group in the FCS. I don't think you can. So um, if that D-line stays healthy, uh, watch out. I think, I think they can make a run. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of guys uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball that just signed their their five year extensions to play their eighth, ninth, and tenth years at the University of North Dakota. So we're really Pretty looking, much. <laughs> we're really looking forward to watching them play. Uh, let's continue more to a uh, little bit behind the scenes stuff when you guys are on the team. Obviously, uh, the football program has grown tremendously under Coach Bubba Schweigert in these last ten years or so. Uh, what can you guys say about? the the culture of the program behind the scenes obviously hunter and we know you helped build that big time as well as brady just talk a little bit what the behind the scenes stuff looks like and uh what the guys are talking about in the locker room going into this game against idaho state Go ahead, Brady. i mean i can kind of speak on um from this past spring um i think that was a big learning curve for a lot of the team and i kind of look back at that initial game southern illinois and then we go at south dakota state we had both those games at home but Going into those games, you always question, okay, this is a top-ranked team. Um, are we going to be able to come out and perform like we know we can? Um, last year, there just really wasn't any question who we could or couldn't beat. We kind of went into the game with the same attitude, um, being that we are the best team and we're not going to kind of get phased by who's coming into the Alara Center or where we're going. And so I think um, that leadership carrying over from past spring to this upcoming year is going to carry over, and I think the team is going to believe they can win any game that they want to win. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll add on to that. And you boys know a lot about the Sioux culture in our hockey program that is, is pretty evident um, year after year, and I think, uh, you know, Coach Schweiger has said it many times. He doesn't shy away from, you know, UND being – uh, having a great hockey program, we should build off that as a university. And uh, he kind of instilled this day-by-day -day mentality that uh, our fan base and our team has definitely latched onto of, you know, take take care of your business today. Let, let tomorrow worry about itself and do what you got to do. And there's a good leadership on this team. When I first came in here in 2015, you know, there was a few good guys, but we had some cancer cells on our team. And I really think we cleaned those out. And uh, we got a, a group of good guys that uh, that really care more about each other than, than themselves. When you got guys that are willing to, to lay it on the line for each other, um, that's that becomes special. You know, a huddle is a special place, but it's only special if you got guys that are selfless. And so um, I think this team, it, it's got the leadership up top and, and some really young talent that uh, it's built a culture that, you know, hopefully can can take them to where they want to go. And that's at the top. 
Yeah, and they've they've gone from a culture. I think you're referencing. I mean, uh, your freshman year. I believe I'm the same year, age as you. Um, uh, they've gone from having law enforcement issues, freshman year type culture, to now every every seems like every football player is a leader in the community and nation. Uh, Brady's a leader in the business community. So I think we should go on and talk about uh, you guys um, uh, and your past in the podcasting. If you listeners can't notice, you guys are definitely naturals on the mic, natural talkers. And that's kind of that's because you guys have a past in podcasting. Uh, maybe Brady talk talk on that a little bit. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna kind of go back to that 2019 season. Uh, Hunter, myself, and then a few of our good buddies on the team, roommates at the time, we did start a podcast called the Longer and Harder Podcast, which was a sports, mainly football based podcast that we'd record once a week um, if we could. And it was really just a time that we could all get together as friends and kind of say stupid shit and come up with cool segments that were kind of fun to do to do together and so i mean hunter you got to elaborate on the name and where it came from but um if i could give a rundown of what that podcast was it was exactly that yeah so so longer and harder uh it actually comes from our offensive line coach uh joe pavlik and uh for the listeners that, that want to just get an insight on joe pavlik he's crazy uh he's nuts football guy. and football i say, guy, I say yep. that it, I said it in a good way. Um, as an offensive line coach, he, he just wants to destroy people. And uh, his thing was uh, he'd always tell the boys, boys, we got to go longer and harder than the opponent. Longer and harder, longer and harder. And uh, so, yeah, I heard that over and over, day after day. And finally, I was like, shoot, let's name the podcast Longer and Harder. Why not? We're going to go longer and harder and uh, wear, them, wear them down. So, that's that's, that's, that's that, where the name comes That's from. the background of the name for all you um, – listeners out there who may need to be bonked or whatever so yeah, it is it hey, has we, to do with motivation for the football team we might be able to revive it now that yeah, uh, we are no longer members of the football team and so we can kind of say more than uh, we would have in the past so look out for that we, you know, we, had, we yeah. had this little bright idea and hunter obviously you're going to be you're going to be pretty busy and we'd hope that you can join us but we got to get more football on this podcast we're a predominantly hockey podcast we got to get more football on the show so we were kind of thinking about doing a football segment maybe weekly bi-weekly on sue light and we'll just call it longer and harder with uh with brady leach or or hunter pinky or no ones like anybody who wants to hop on so um i'm in let's do it yeah so we might have to bring back longer and harder a little segment and get a little goofy on the show let's keep talking about uh let's keep talking about football and the culture and you're talking about the locker room i want to know UND beats Idaho State on Saturday. Are we going to see the gritty out of, out of Bubba? I don't know. That's that's a good question. I don't know if the gritty's moved on, if Bubs has uh, got a new dance move. I don't know if those hips can take much more of the gritty, man. His uh, his hips are, are, are wearing down. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see if we see the gritty. I, I know Otis will be hitting it, no doubt. But uh, Bubs, uh, he might have to retire from that pretty quick. You know, you always noticed in those gritty videos, I mean, Otis wasn't shy for the camera. He was always front and center for it. Bubs was the rock star of it. But Otis was kind of, you know, the side fiddle to that for sure. Uh, that's a primary talk. But, I, you know, we're kind of, what do you guys want to talk about? I mean, talk about your favorite memories uh, on the field maybe off the field i want you guys to each maybe list your uh, we let's do get, gold medals instead each. of a mount let's, rushmore let's get one of each let's get your favorite memory on the field and then your favorite memory off the field you you guys can choose who goes first hunter or brady Please, you go first all right we going on the field or off the field on oh, the field on the field first and then we we'll go off the field on the field okay so i mean selfishly obviously i'm the memory that comes to mind when i'm going to picture my und football career is uc davis um just kind of the defining moment of 
not just me, but our field goal team as a whole kind of winning the game. I'm always going to remember that, okay? But I think as a team, my favorite game that I've played in was Sam Houston State in my redshirt freshman year. It was 2018. Um, we opened the year against Mississippi Valley State. Then we went to the Washington Huskies, played at their field in front of 70,000 people. We went on the road and played the number three Sam Houston State um, team, and that's an environment I've never felt before. So I'm from Minnesota. I'm from Moorhead, and you don't see an atmosphere like Texas football, and you hear about it in high school, but even an FCS, lower-level FCS team, you won't see an atmosphere like that. They had the longest win streak at home in the FCS, and just going in there and as a team – Everybody coming together, that's the defense making stops, offense making big plays on fourth down, and special teams making plays as well. Um, that was probably the best team win I've been a part of. So. Biggest win in program history up to that date, I'd say for sure. Easily the biggest win in program history up to that date. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to throw this in there too. So Noah Wanzik, my, my great friend, he did catch an incredible fourth down touchdown catch to tie the game. But if it weren't for the PAT... Yep. That game wouldn't That's have been right. won. Game winner. It wouldn't game have been won. PAT. So that was That's technically right. my first game winner. Was a game winning PAT. Yep. You, you need to put the ball through the uprights. That's a, the simple game of football. They don't right. ask how. They ask how many, right? Yeah, that's right. Unbelievable catch, though. Noah Wanzik, we were saying, probably the best athlete to be wide receiver for to come through this campus in a long time, uh, probably since Weston Dressler, I'd say. Yeah. But uh, Hunter, go ahead. What's your favorite on-field memory? That was a pretty good one that Leach got going down to Huntsville and beating them. They they like to talk. Sam Houston, they just jab, 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 and to shut them up on their home field. So I think it was 53-game winning streak on their home field. Uh, that was pretty special. I will say uh, probably my first game was at the University of Utah, 50-some thousand fans. That's, that's one that I'll always remember. Um, and playing with, you know, some of those guys, Keaton Studsrud and – uh, there's some seniors on that team that was pretty special. Um, one of my favorite games uh, was that same year, 2018. We uh, we came home and played Montana at home. The year before, we had gotten slapped out in Missoula, and so they came in to the Alaris Center. I think we beat them by 30 plus points. Um, I just remember kicking the Grizzlies' ass felt pretty good. <laughs> so uh, that was probably one of my favorite games. And then this past spring was just the whole thing was just fun. I mean, I think we've got like an 11 game winning streak at the Alaris Center. So we, we don't lose at home. And uh, that whole spring, it was just a, a ton of fun. Beating South Dakota State was a lot of fun. Um, even going out to James Madison, obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted, but fun trip, fun, really fun group of guys. So that was my favorite on the field memory. My favorite off the field memory, I get to take this one, Leach, was after the Sam Houston game. We got home at like 4 a.m. We just decided to stay up <laughs> and uh, we started drinking at like 4 a.m., uh, taking some shots, having some brews. And uh, we went to Northside Cafe at 6 a.m. for uh, for some breakfast. We, we pretty all pretty tuned up for breakfast at Northside, I imagine. Just a little buzz. Just a little buzz. Oh, yeah. Love that. Um, but it was, it was, that, was, that was a great night. How about you, Brady? You gonna second on that, or you got your own? You gonna speak for yourself on your own uh, off the field memory? Well, um, first off, the week before we beat Sam Houston, we got back from playing the Washington Huskies, and we pretty much did the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get the result we wanted that time, but we had just played in a really cool game, kind of a bucket list game for a lot of us, um, and we and we essentially did the same thing. But my favorite off the field memory, memory, sorry, has to be. Me and pretty much 
13, I think it was, of my teammates going to Cabo San Lucas for spring break in 2019. And, like, I mentioned hey, to you guys hey, you before. You Quentin stories, Nelson? Man. Quentin Nelson? Uh, let's go. Our, uh, our last night on the trip, we run into probably the biggest human I've ever seen in my life. And it was not, it was not fat. It was pure muscle. He's wearing, like, a 4XL Walmart, like, dad like polo all right <laughs> like light blue just a terrible color and we go up to him we go hey are you quentin nelson and he goes well I, I used to play football and we're like oh okay like you used to play football where'd you play at and he's like notre dame we're like you're fucking quentin nelson and he's like yeah and i'm like okay this is fucking quentin nelson so we we go into a booth we had someone bought bottle service i certainly didn't and i know quentin nelson didn't either because he didn't pay for anything that night messed up actually. um but we we end up partying with Quentin Nelson for f- like four hours, and our buddy our buddy Noah he he ends up spending like seventy five bucks to buy Quentin Nelson, um, like rookie of the year offensive lineman for the Colts, like all pro, drinks for the entire night, and so the next day we woke up and we're like, hey, Wan- like hey, Wanzik, you just spent like eighty bucks buying an all pro NFL player drinks all night, and he's like, what the fuck. <laughs> That that is corrupt. Like that, like Quentin yeah. Nelson. I'm a Notre Dame guy, offensive lineman guy. I mean, that makes me root against the guy. You'd think he'd be buying the Fighting Hawks drinks all night. Yeah, especially. I mean, Mike Commodore paid for uh, for college kids drinks when he took Tyler out. So right. Yeah. Here, here's the th- here's the thing, guys. He, he's actually a super nice guy. He was offering to buy us drinks, and we were like, no, no, no. Let us let us buy. Oh, okay, right there it is. You're not supposed oh, to, you're not supposed to tell people that though. You got to drag <laughs> the guy down. I got I got to stick up for Q here. He was he's a pretty nice guy. Get this though. This is this part part of the story shows what kind of guy Quentin Nelson is. So we we're, we're at this club and we're hanging out for like Leach said three four hours. End of the night, we're like, hey Q, we're gonna head out. And Brady, there's probably what ten of us there that night. Yeah, I mean, around. some some of the guys were were done because of the previous six days of the trip, but. Yeah, there yeah. was about 10 of us there. And and so he goes around, shakes every single one of our hands and says every single one of our names. Says, hey, Hunter, nice to meet you. Great, great meeting you. Hey, Brady, nice to meet you. He didn't mess up one name did he ask three for, hours later. Did he ask for your guys' position after your name? He kind was of like he a football guy type thing. Yep. Well, yeah, well, I, mean, I did ask him if he knew Adam Vinatieri, and he said that's one of the dumbest questions you could ask me. So. <laughs> of course, yeah, the most well-known kicker of all time. But uh, goal, yeah. Uh, Quentin uh, Nelson confirmed beauty. Uh, may it, let it be known that he offered to buy drinks, but Noah Wanzik wanted to big yeah, time him. That's North Dakota nice. Right. That's that Jamestown money rolling around there. He had that's to, right. Yeah, he had yeah, to flex Jamestown that. Money. So here, one more one more thing about Quentin Nelson. When I got hurt uh, and injured. I got uh, two footballs sent to me. First one was Kyle Rudolph, uh, former tight end for the Vikes, man of the year recipient, great dude from Minnesota for a long time. Um, and the second one was Quentin Nelson, sent me a sent me a signed football as well. So a uh, lot of respect for Big Q. Yep. He's, uh, he's a dude on the field, but he's a great dude off the field as well. Yeah, we love that. Love that's, that. a, that's an all-time story. That well, here, great. before we wrap up, Hunter, I gave you the uh, – I kind of spilled the beans before we went on, but uh, I need your locker room speech to the UND football faithful before Idaho State on Saturday. Hey, well, a little background. Uh, I think, is it 10 or 11 games we've won straight at the Alaris Center in every single uh, home game before we come out of the tunnel, uh, I get I get the chance to, to fire the boys up a little bit. They will play this and, in the uh, locker room on, sat- on Saturday. Yeah. 
<laughs> so uh you know leech leech knows this but uh you know before before battle the sioux uh the sioux would have a saying that they'd say and uh it was hoka hey and what hoka hey means is uh, it's a great day to die today and uh Fucking talking right. about the sacrifice talking about the sacrifice that it's going to take going into battle and so uh when i say hoka y'all got to say hey now because here's the deal uh going into idaho state uh, target on the back, Missouri Valley champs. It's over now. Uh, brand new state uh, of football, a lot to be proven, and uh, this is our year. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do something, why not now? Why not us? Uh, and so here we go. Uh, I'm gonna say Hoka. Y'all say Hey Hoka. Hey Hoka. Hey Hoka. Hey. And then we go, baby. And so that's that's what uh, that's wow. what the the pregame speech would be. Somebody find me a brick wall right now. I need to run through it. Oh my lord! Check your pulse. Check your pulse. If you're not if you're not living after that, you're not living. UND football is back, baby. Well, you know what, boys? It was a pleasure well, to bring well, you on. Hold oh. on, I got I got one more question for Hunter. It has to be asked. One more question. I mean, rumor has it that I mean uh, you've made it very public. You're trying to be a PA announcer in the Arizona Bowl, newly minted uh, bowl game. Uh, so, what's the path? You uh, had some person from Barstool reach out to you. Uh, what's the progress yeah. looking like on that? Yeah, Barstool's reached out. Um, they said they'd get back to me in a few weeks, and so uh, it's in the it's in the hands of Barstool now. But uh, I got a shot. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, Sue Light Nation will be supporting that uh, movement on uh, social let's media go. for sure. And, and I'll, I'll close with this before I got to get going here, fellas. But uh, hey, I'm I'm down at the University of Arizona, bear down. But you know what else? Horns down, baby. Yeah, I'm yeah. coming back for the NDSU game. I'll see you boys then. We'll, we'll see good. you in Grand Forks. Thanks for coming on. You as well, Brady. Yeah, thanks, boys. Thank you, guys.